0: Hey, welcome in to the Irish NFL show. Um, yeah, welcome in. It's the night after the night before. I am broken, both mentally and physically, after watching those two games yesterday. Because everybody knows who I support. Uh, welcome in, Column, Mark, Brian, Column. How, how are you getting on? All good
1: um Yeah, I suppose um, a bit of time today to to reflect on those those games. Uh, like you, definitely feeling it. There was an awful lot of caffeine today, and looking forward to having the opportunity to chat through uh, the weekend's action.
0: Brian, how's it going? How's the form?
2: Good, good. I I thought the uh, Saints books game would be the more eventful of the two, and that would be the game that would. You know, have more of the talking points today, but not to be the case, the first game last night. There's a lot to get through on that game. It was um, it was actually a very enjoyable game.
0: And obviously, Tom Brady's biggest fan, doesn't matter who. He's almost like the NBA fan that supports LeBron James,
3: wherever he goes. It's Mark. Mark, welcome. Oh, to- I love the way you bring that up, Michael. Well, only one of us did pick the box. I'm sure that might get mentioned three or four times during the episode. But, uh, yeah, the first game was actually just, Brilliant drama, like brilliant drama all the way through. Great to watch, but God, I need some sleep at some stage as well. So, uh, you know, we, we need to recover. We need to build up the powers now for the AFC and NFC Championship games next week again. So at least we got to, wow. to get ready for that.
0: Yes, Ma- sir.
2: Mike, Michael, he, Max, Mark reminds me of the Ronaldo fans, you know, when he left United and he went to Madrid and then all of a sudden they were Madrid fans and then they're Juventus fans, you know.
3: Well, guys, 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 come on, come on. I'm still a Patriots fan, but as I said last week, I have a lot of love for, you know, Tom Brady. Unfortunately, it's not like Michael, whose head has been turned so much by the Bills, that literally Broncos County is now singing to him. Country, They're singing, country. They're singing to you, Michael. <laughs> they're saying, Michael, they are taking you away.
0: By the way, uh, why only me and Mark at the memo, boys? I mean, like, come on. Coming to a, a good shop near you, maybe before our big week in two weeks, massive week in two weeks. Just while you're watching this, if you are finding this out for the first time, if you are an NFL fan, we have got shows uh, Wednesday to Sunday this week. So some great guests lined up, we'll announce it tomorrow night, hopefully. Um, Yeah, here's the results from last night. The Browns almost shocked the world in Kansas City but still couldn't even when Mahomes was out. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and the Bucks done the business against the Saints uh, and obviously both Kansas City and the Bucks move on. The Chiefs will play uh, Josh Allen and the Bills in the late game on Sunday night and the Bucks will go to Wisconsin and will play Aaron Rodgers in the early game, if I'm correct, on Sunday, well early, <laughs> eight o'clock. And that's where it goes. Who will make it to Tampa? Our big show is on Sunday morning with some great content, uh, championships on this show, and I hope you'll join us. But let's uh, let's jump right into that Patrick Mahomes less Kansas City Chiefs performance. Obviously, the Chiefs, column win winning twenty two to seventeen when Mahomes went down with a, with a well, a suspected concussion and was realized for the game. As a Broncos fan, take your hat off for a minute. But did you think this is it? This is what we, this is what we this is what we've been waiting for? Or you just sort of said no.
1: Um, no, because as I have to say, as a Broncos fan, I remember that he when um, he got injured uh, last year, and they brought in Matt Moore, and they still continued on, and. Andy Reid is Andy Reid, and the Chiefs do Chiefs things. Um, the Browns were were very good. Um, you know that that's the the first thing to to say. They they showed that resilience that we spoke about in in the lead up to it, time and time again. Um, given everything that that had had happened, uh, and I'm sure there there might be some interesting. Uh, T- debates about uh different aspects of the game to me what what stood out one of the things that stood out was the fact that they the Browns though for some reason decided they'd try um their star quarterback on um Travis Kelsey and um as I said to Brian it was a bit like Snooky uh marking Shack. um it it didn't work um it was Travis Kelsey is just fantastic, and uh, he's actually the one who was getting the crowd g'd up when Mahomes was out. Um, look, the, the play calling at the at the end is that's just Andy Reid. Like, to, I mean, that the, he carries his cojones in a wheelbarrow to to put his quarterback in shotgun on on fourth and inches. Um, kudos to to him. He's a guy who copped an awful lot of flack uh, for time management at one point, but. Um, there's only one team in the AFC who's ever had three home championship uh, games, and that's an Andy Reid led Chiefs. And there's only one team in the NFC who's uh, had that same, and that is an Andy Reid uh, led Eagles. So Andy Reid is the the common denominator, and when you um, put them together with. Uh, Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill. Um they're fantastic. Uh the other probably standout for me is uh Darrell Williams, who came in as just a, a kind of a a backup running back in fairness to him. All the focus um was on uh, Levy on Bell, given you know the the injuries um, to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and everyone thought he'd be, but that wasn't the case. Um, Williams was the guy, um, almost 100 yards, and um, had a very important uh, role to play. Um, so that that to me, I'm sure the uh, the the, the non touchdown will uh, maybe touched on by uh, my my two colleagues in uh, in the not too distant future.
2: Yeah, yesterday morning during the previous show, um, I discussed in particular Steve Bagnolo. and whilst he was never a good head coach in the league to date, he's always been quite a good coordinator. And he di- he dialled it up in the playoffs for the Giants, he dialled it up last year for the Chiefs, and again yesterday. They held the Browns to less to 101 yards running. And whilst we've talked about Hunt and Chubb, or Chubb and Hunt as, as, and the accountancy firm, or whatever Mark was called, them, the, de- the grave diggers, they didn't do anything yesterday. They were in a grave yesterday because of that defence. They had a great game, you know, and I, I saw that coming, and everybody talks about the Chiefs' offence, but this season, as I touched on yesterday, a number of games where the Chiefs won because their defence kept them in the games. And yeah, spot on And Williams, ran for 78 yards, and when the pressure was on, when Mahomes came out of the game in the third quarter because suspect suspected concussion, you then look at how they're going to manage the game, and Henny, in fairness to him, he had four, sorry, six of a sixty six yards and whilst that doesn't sound like a lot of numbers. Bear in mind he played in week seventeen. So he's had a game recently. He's been you know he's been in a game. He's was he didn't win that game against the Chargers. You know, you see quarterbacks coming in during the season who haven't played for quite a while who are backups and they're very rusty. He didn't look rusty when he came in. He looked like someone who'd played a game and was ready to go in. So fairness to the Chiefs was Mahomes is their key player, you know, on the offense, their main player. He did enough to make sure they got over the line and ultimately that's all that mattered yesterday. And that fourth and one play was quite gutsy, but it's the kind of Andy Reid thing that we're used to. And whilst every fan seemed to know what was going to happen, the most overhyped commentator in America didn't seem to know Tony Romo, who said there was absolutely no way they were going to call a play. When it was very evident they were going to call a play. Glad to so, announce
0: Tony Romo was our big guest on <laughs> Thursday night. <laughs>
2: I drop off. <laughs> so the former cowboy got it wrong again. Yeah, and he got it wrong on the hand, uh run as well, where he said it was a force down, and it wasn't. But anyway, but, um, yeah, fair play to the, to the Browns. They, they gave them a game, but I never really felt they were going to uh, get over the line. I think Stefanski, whilst they won last week, it was a sports playoff game, I felt we saw the inexperience at times with some bad calls in terms of challenges and different bits in terms of taking four minutes off the clock and punting on 49 in a game where you lose, you go home.
3: Yeah, I think the uh, the incident, we'll call it, at the end of the first half, we should talk uh, about separately, generally, because I'd say we'd all have different thoughts and opinions on that. I think Stefanski generally called a reasonable game, but that decision to make that challenge in the fourth quarter, burning that timeout, was was appalling, really. Uh, and that really cost them. That cost them dearly at the end. You've got to treat those timeouts and that in the game scenarios, where it's win or go home, as precious. Um, and... For the gain, it would have got him, it was not, in my mind, the right call to make at the time. The Chiefs, in fairness, rushed to the line quickly, forcing him into a quick decision, um, and he just called wrong. But, you know, like players, coaches will go away and say, what could we have done better? Um, I agree Chubb and Hunt were the grave tickets They were held in check. But Baker Mayfield actually had a really good game in many ways. Like, you know, in terms of what you want from Baker Mayfield, don't make any stupid mistakes. Make the throws on third down when you need, um, you know. Tony Roman was raving about him at halftime, and I was going, what's he talking about? They're losing 19-3. Where's he seeing all this from? But actually, you go back through the drives, and yes, he wasn't sustaining them, but he actually brought more to bear in the third and fourth quarters, made them look dangerous, and didn't lose them or cost them the game, which, you know, for a Browns quarterback in the first instance is saying a lot. Um, But very simply, guys, for the Chiefs, um, in my mind, this is just going to go down as the uh, Taylor Swift game pretty easy. Go on. Well, you can break down the whole story of the game just using Taylor Swift songs because the chiefs were zipping up and down with style and they looked gorgeous, almost as good as Michael did when he was 15. Patrick Mahomes was the man, but then he proved delicate and they weren't yet out of the woods. So Andy Reid had a blank space and Henny Given Sunday wrote his name And when it turned out that Patrick, he couldn't shake it off, and he told Andy, for this game, we're never, ever getting back together. (laughs) Well, then Baker and the Browns, you know, they looked like they were trouble, and they wondered what was going to be the story of us. But the end of the day, Chad Henney was ready for it, and when the sparks fly, he told everyone to calm down, and on third and 14, he rode in on his white horse. Him and Andy proved fearless. And all they needed in the end was 22 points. Uh,
0: I, I think we'll just go around again because I think we will have to make a few points here because I need to make my point. Obviously, I'm biased with the team I support, but, you know, that's helmet to helmet. I don't care what anybody says. That guy wasn't even looking at the ball. You can watch it from every replay. And, like, you know, obviously, uh, Brian's talking about Tony Romo. And as a Giants fan, of course, you going to say that. I'm a Broncos fan. I'm going to say that about the Chiefs. That was helmet to helmet. I don't know why that tweet's still up. Um, look, nothing but respect for the for the Chiefs. They 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 won the game, but the Browns lost that game in the fourth quarter yesterday. Boys, two or three, two or three, I think twice, with ten minutes to go and with five minutes to go, they had the ball. And what did Baker do on that second occasion? He done nothing. He's only got himself to blame. And if he, if the Chiefs now go and beat Josh Allen, well, it's not going to happen. But if the Chiefs go and beat the Bills next week. Uh, there'll be a dvd of that performance or america's game i don't know uh colin do you want to chip in on that holding caller or-
1: uh um yeah look i i i don't have an issue actually with the touch back aspect of it I, I know that's an issue um but i i think there are otherwise you get into this whole thing about maybe player fumble and i i think more for me the issue is the uh, the helmet to helmet um and you can see Sorensen doesn't even try and use his arms. He knows exactly what he's doing, right? And again, like, they call him Dirty Dad in the, the Kansas City tweet. Like, this is a guy who has a history of this. If this had been a one off, you kind of go, oh, maybe he didn't mean it. This is a guy who got done earlier in the season for targeting Philip Lindsay. This is a guy who has three um, fines this year, three fines in previous years, fines, multiple fines in other years. Like, th- this has, he has the history of, of this that was the frustrating part um on it I still think the Chiefs would have won um you know they 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 were the better they were the better team but it absolutely was deliberate and uh, I didn't think there was any need for the um the the tweet in in relation to it but get you know l- that shouldn't take away from the fact that um, Brian is absolutely right. the The defensive performance was was really, really excellent. And um, you know, Honey Badger is he's a he's a phenomenal. He's an absolute ball hawk. Uh, and my fear is that if Justin Simmons isn't re-signed by the the Broncos. He's go- it's going to be like the Honey Badger thing. He's going to go elsewhere. He's going to get picked up by a top team because that signing by the Chiefs to get him in has absolutely you know, revolutionised the way in which they can play because he is a guy who can make plays on any down and he's somebody QBs are acutely aware of all the time.
2: Just on the play itself, I'm not going to get into the reputation of the player. I'll leave that to the AFC West supporters to have that conversation because they're more used to that, to, to going through that type of stuff. Like, for example, if you want to get into an NFC East, conversation on dirty players, I can do that as well. But the point I make is around the officiating. The line judge, in a split second, if you watch that play, we've looked at freeze frames of that play since yesterday. That's fair enough. But the reality is that play is done so quick. The timing of that play is so quick. It's very difficult for that line judge, in that instance, to see that happen so quickly and call it. Yeah. The league obviously has to clean up on that, because it's gone to review to do the touchback. But well, it didn't even go to review. Sorry, the decision was made, but they looked at it because it's a turnover to the other team. It's been looked at. That's what's been looked at. They're not looking at the incident. And was people are coming on social media, even building their, group, say, their Twitter page saying, Where, where's the flag? Why didn't they not review it? It's not in the rule book. That needs to be addressed. That's the bigger issue here. And aside side note, I actually think in a strange way, Mahomes getting injured has actually benefited the Chiefs in another way because he was playing with a toe injury and if he had to continue to play with the toe injury, the likelihood is he would have done more damage to, You know, before next week's game. The reality is he probably is going to play next week. Josh Allen got a concussion last season in the fourth quarter against the Patriots. He played the following Sunday against Tennessee. Yeah. They're already saying this evening on some of the, the networks and various shows that he's come out of the situation yesterday okay. The expectation is he'll be ready for next Sunday. If he had a continue to play, would that toe injury have got more uh, more difficult in terms of him bouncing on it? And i likelihood, probably, yes. So he could have saved himself in a strange way.
0: And he basically tweeted as well, Mark, um, literally a minute after the game. So unless he's got a fantastic social media manager like myself, um, or else he's just ready to go.
3: I was about to say, I thought you were going to out yourself as his personal social media manager, Michael. I um, guest on Thursday night, Mark. Yeah. Um, Look, I mean, I I reiterate what Brian's saying about the officiating there. The line judge in that situation is looking at the ball. He's looking at the ball and he's looking at the feet. He's trying to focus on is the ball crossing the line, is the feet going out of bounds and everything. And bear in mind Sorensen's hit is on the opposite side to the line judge. The receiver is actually, his head is between him and Sorensen. So we can't see exactly where contact has taken place in fairness to him. Um, Is it head-to-head? Absolutely. In fairness, in the moment... I didn't see it, but on our group WhatsApp chat, like when they went to out, when they went to the outbreak column, was instantly texting, "Was that not helmet? To helmet? Rewind? checked, Went, "Oh my god, it is!" And we come out of commercial and Gene Steratore saying, "You know, actually, what should have happened here?" and blah blah blah. But I, I disagree with Brian that they should make this reviewable. We saw what happened a couple of years ago in the Saints Rams game. We said, oh, past interference needs to be reviewable. Needs to be reviewable." What about the law of unintended consequences? They've intentionally been conservative with with replay for 20, 25 years. You don't want to undermine the officials on the ground. You don't want to start getting into subjective calling as to whether it was targeting, whether it was intentional and things like this. So I, I think, in fairness, maybe helmet to helmet, obviously it's a bit more of a factual matter. But whether it's the infliction of force, where he's lowered the head using it as a weapon, they are subjective matters. And I think if you start pulling that into replay, you start making it even more complicated, even more difficult, and even more a scenario that we could get the wrong decisions and the like. Equally, guys, I'm going to say something that's a bit controversial. And like Colm, I don't mind the touchback rule. It's like protect the ball down there. If you fumble the ball, the defense shouldn't be punished. The offense should be punished. So tough luck. Everything else goes in the offense's favor. So I've no issue with the rule. But can we stop with the narrative that some people are perpetuating that, oh, If it wasn't for that, the Browns would have won the game. We're talking about a play with a minute and a bit left to go in the second half. It's not like it was a play in the fourth quarter with nothing left to play anymore. They still would have gone in 16-10 down or 19-10 down, as the Chiefs proved. They had enough time to go down and get a field goal. And who's to say, then, the Chiefs would have called the second half the same way? They might have been more aggressive. They would have played different plays. Patrick Mahomes might not have got injured, for Christ's sake. You know, you can't take one individual event and say that it would not have had a knock-on effect of everything else which subsequently followed it. Um, penalty? Yes. Should they have got the touchdown? Yes. Do I actually think it would have made a difference? No.
2: Michael, sorry, can I jump back in? Just relating to Mark saying that um, he disagrees around the challenging of the decision and whether it should be looked at in terms of changing the rules. What I mean from that point of view is, when they look at a particular replay, they should they should not be identifying that one particular situation in the, in that moment. They should have a rounded situation when they look at it and say, yeah, we got the force decision right, but what we've established on the replay is helmet to helmet, so there is a flag. I'm not saying we should be going back to last year where we had a mad wide receiver, or sorry, a, you know, a pass interference rule which has been challenged really nearly. I'm just thinking they look at the instance incident they look at the whole play as, as, as a whole and see what comes from that
0: okay well i'm just going on what mark said there now obviously as a broncos fan i had a horrible night last night and it it, it is what it is and you know i took many took multiple ls last night in many ways um but i disagree with what mark said you know um if they had got the touchdown they had the ball started the second half they probably would have scored it you know they would have had momentum i'd even go as far as saying that henny run has killed me i that is up there for me and i'll publicly say it i was near tears when he ran because that for me was like you know i, I just can't take another year of them winning that but that's why buffalo is going to win on sunday but we'll talk about that on sunday um and it just it just is what it is and we're obviously you know look there are obviously great fans of every team you know for example look at the irish chiefs uh fan group on twitter great guy as well brown's felt really bad i don't know if you've seen it yesterday paul uh paul is it paul cahill The, the the browns fan put a video out yesterday it went viral fantastic for him felt sorry for him last night um and then obviously you've got great fans as well around around Ireland and, and the UK. So I just I'm, I'm find it hard to be on the fence today because I thought, sure, look, if Brady wins, at least maybe the Browns might win. But when it, when it's a double doink, it, it's not easy. Mark, you have one point to make before we go on.
3: Yeah, yeah, Michael. It's just, I mean, I feel for you in that pain and everything. So I just wanted to remind you that the Chiefs have won their division the last five years in a row. They've gone to the AFC Championship game at home for three years, as as Colin mentioned. You know, it's Ooh. kind of the, the beginning of a real dynasty. But just, just wanted to leave that with you. It's you not know, the moment of pain there. See, th- this is the thing, right? And how many Super Bowls have they won in that time? Well, they've won one. They're still in the they've are won one, second, right? And and how, and how many
0: Super Bowls has Aaron Rodgers won in the last 10 years?
3: He's won one, absolutely, yeah. Okay,
0: so it's not a dinner. I mean... Patriots is, and look, I know, it, you know, Mahomes are probably going with it again, and then we can talk about that, but not until then, give me some time at least to to, to sit, it's a hard enough, like the, how I got out of bed this morning boys is, it's more of a topic for the, for the, for the show than anything else, but sure, look, we'll, we'll say no more, uh, the Bucks 30 to 20 winners against the Saints, now, fair play to any man, woman or child that watched this whole game last night, because it went on, lads, it went on quite late, about four in the morning, like, maybe I'm wrong there,
1: uh, Colin, it went on quite late, didn't it, last night? Um it, it well it definitely went on um far too long if you're Drew Brees. Um
0: we have got an interview with with Tom Brady. Well, he, he spoke this earlier on about going to uh the, the possibility of playing in the cold in Lambeau next week. Do you, do you want to see it? <laughs> no? Exclusive, is really? it? Exclusive. Yeah, Exclusive interviews. This is Tom Brady on the prospect of playing in Lambeau Field next week.
1: Mm. Well, the mother says we had to go. Anyway, we hadn't much of a choice in the matter. But, uh, <laughs> it's, a cool, in. it's a cool journey to school this morning. <laughs> oh, God, you wouldn't be long getting frost, but... And these new, new shocks that I got as well. You see, I had to turn the hill, the hill, just, just up to me. What do say? I had to turn the hill up, up, up to me. Uh,
0: just exactly nobody sounds I, I got around where I live, so just heads up.
3: And I imagine if brady actually sounded like that that would be quite funny actually
0: the mother said i had to go um look that that that's gonna be a great game and it's the early game as well on sunday obviously uh wow who's playing brady rogers in lambo that, that, that's gonna be a great game i can't wait for that because the packers call were flying they are flying so i'm really looking forward to that but obviously you're hey. taking last night call It's hey. the end of an year as well for breeze
1: um yeah um and I mean the end of an era but Tom, Tom Brady never seems to and he I I have Tom Brady has just uh, you know he he he's personified everything that has annoyed me for for years but seeing him play in another jersey um, helps, and the fact that he's in his ninth conference game in ten years, you got to give respect to, to that. Um, he's he's ridiculous. Like you, you keep wanting it not to, to work, but he, he, he keeps finding ways to just prove people wrong. Um, he got beaten up when those two teams played in the regular season. He ensured that that didn't happen um, last night, and Drew Drew Brees didn't attempt a pass of more than twenty yards um, last night. Um, it, it was it was a sad way to to end uh, what is undoubtedly a Hall of Fame um, career. Um, but it hasn't really worked um, over the the past couple of years. Um, obviously, outside of um, you know twenty eighteen that we were talking about just a little while ago. But apart from that one, that was the one championship ga- um, game since Super Bowl win. Um so for various reasons. I and mean, when we we mentioned Rogers, but contrast that to, to Brady's record. It 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 does show just how stark it is. Nine times in 10 years. Um, and everyone else is just just playing playing catch up. Um, Michael Thomas was anonymous um anonymous. Um, a, a guy who um you know seemed like uh, the saints have a really st- big offseason coming up because they have to make cuts due to the cap they obviously now um have to decide what they're going to do at um quarterback um because that, that's it for for Bree. so um does hill become um <clears throat> it? that that will be be interesting but on the box where <laughs> their defense was brilliant. Uh, Devin White came back from the COVID protocols and he played like a Tasmanian devil. He was everywhere. And when um, Drew Brees looks back on his his last game he will have nightmares about um Tevin White because he, he was he was brilliant but all of the, the Bucks defense just they absolutely smothered um the the Saints and um I think it's going to be a really fascinating game um next next week. Um again the weather is not going to bother a man who played in Nor'easters up in uh Foxborough. Um but they I suppose and we'll we'll touch it more next week. They did play earlier in the year, um, and uh T- Tampa um won that handsomely, but the Saints had beaten up the, the Bucks twice, and look how uh that turned out last night.
2: Yeah, we're talking about respect for Brady. I assume you're talking about his career, not his performance last night, because to be honest, the respect should be gone to the Bucks defense, you've alluded to it. Devin White, but Antoine Anton Winfield, second round pick. You know, crucial um, like knockout with the ball <clears throat> in the third quarter. And what people have got away from today was where that game was at that particular time. Because at halftime, the momentum was with the Bucks gone in, just gone level. Fairness to the Saints, nice methodical drive at the start of the second half, results with a touchdown. The Bucks couldn't move the ball in the next drive. Saints get the ball back and they're driving again. And Cook catches a tour down, going towards the 40. You're looking at Roughly another ten yards, field goal potentially ten point game. That fumble changed the dynamic of the whole game, and was yeah, Breeze wasn't good, and then Murphy bunting interceptions. Devin White, you're right, fantastic. Winfield's was excellent. That Bucks defense really stood up last night, and I'm not sure whether it was, they were so good or as as we discussed the fact that Breeze was just so poor, and he looked like the quarterback that's certainly coming to the doors the end of his career. And was the buck scored after three? Drives, they were given great field position, in particular the force from you know, two yards out, the next one was similar enough, and then obviously the one from Cook as well. So, fair play to the books. But the Saints had their opportunities that's three years in a row in the playoffs. Saints have been favorites going into a playoff game at home, and they haven't got the job done. You You know, maybe it is maybe it is a good time that Breeze is moving on and they can just reset and look at the quarterback situation because I actually don't think it's the answers there within. You know, with with Taysom Hill and albeit he came in and threw a touchdown last night, James Wilson, I don't think they're the answers in the long run. I certainly think they should be considering getting themselves into the sweepstakes for Deshaun Watson, which is starting to look inevitable now that he will move on. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, like you know, Drew Brees. We're gonna give out about Aaron Rodgers, and you know, obviously not getting to the promised land again. Um, equally, Drew Brees when he looks back to Korea, there is a lot of near misses. The Minnesota Miracle, um, other games that in the playoffs, you know, even the Beastquake moment in 2010. You know, there there are other games and other playoff games they'll feel like they should have won and should have done more in when it really mattered. Um, but yeah, last night Devin White it wasn't just the fumble recovery. It was the interception. It was the 11 tackles. He was like a man possessed. Um, We said before the game, he'd be an important part of trying to keep that New Orleans offense in check. Michael Thomas didn't get a catch, but equally on the Buck side, the Saints defense still played strong. You know, Mike Evans got one catch against Lattimore. It was for a touchdown, but even that was severely contested and they really shut him out of the game. Gronk didn't get going. I mean, Cameron Brait was the highest... Um, most number of catches and most yards, I think, for the Bucs, which kind of shows how well the Saints' defense played them. And, yeah, I concur that probably more credit is belongs to the Bucks' defense. But bear in mind, Brady did what he always does, which is first, quarterback, do no harm. You know, keep the ball secure. In the last matchup, he threw three interceptions. He was determined not to be the reason and not to let them but be defeated this time. And, you know, I think it's somewhat poetic. He threw for 199 yards. He was the 199th pick. That's a nice way to round things off, isn't it? Um, and as Colin says, yeah, nine out of 10 championships games, 14 championship games out of 21 seasons he's had. And as Michael was showing the photo, I thought that was a lovely moment at the end there as well between two players going back to college. They played against each other, obviously, Purdue and Michigan. Uh, and Brady's throwing a corner fade to Drew Brees' kid in the end zone as well, which is probably a clip heel treasure for a while. But to the point about Brees and, and not working the last few years, Winston coming in and having to come in to play the exact same play that Chicago ran against the Saints last week, by the way, which I thought was brilliant by Payton saying, hmm, that's good, I'll just copy that. But him having to come in to throw that 58-yarder said it all. You know, it would be him or Tayson Hill to throw the long, deep passes because they don't trust or didn't trust Drew Brees' long arm. Great career, Hall of Fame career, deserved Super Bowl winner. Sad to see him go out like that. But as I called beforehand when I picked the buck, sometimes for legends, it isn't all sparkles and roses and the wonderful swung song into the future, Uh, into their retirement. One last thing, just looking a little bit ahead to the NFC Championship game, and it's a cracker. And the best thing about these two matchups is there literally, guys, is no bad Super Bowls left. There is no bad Super oh, Bowl
0: matchup. So the Bills would be a good Super Bowl team.
3: Imagine the Bills versus Brady. They're trying to break the streak, and they're going right. with the guy who's got a 25-3 and record. Imagine Josh Allen against Aaron Rodgers. You know, there is literally Patrick Mahomes against Rodgers or Brady. There is literally no bad Super Bowl matchup. we are trimmed the tree... Last three games of the season, where it all counts, we should have three cracking games. Um, And and I'm dying for that. I'm really looking forward to that, that piece. But one little nugget that's playing in my mind, we're talking about history and we're talking about kind of resonances and memories in relation to it. Brady's favorite player growing up was always Joe Cole, Joe Montana. And what did Joe Montana do at the end of his career? He left the 49ers and he went to KC. And his first year he got KC to the AFC Championship game Lost and never got back again and toiled off into obscurity or retirement. Not quite obscurity, retirement. Brady now, first season in the other conference, gets to the NFC Championship game. You know, if you're a Packers fan, you're thinking, don't worry, Tom. We'll make sure history repeats itself there. Um, But yeah, he's TB12. He is the number 12 for a reason.
0: Brian.
2: Michael. Michael. Do you know what I noticed about Brady and the the beautiful moments we saw at the end of the game last night? It's always uncanny the way it's when he wins. It never seems to happen though when he loses. It never seems to hang around to say congratulations to like the Nick Foles or Goff, you know, when they won down in Tampa. but oh, always just seems to be when he's when he's won. It'd be interesting to see if he's open to congratulating Mr. Rogers next weekend if, if the pack managed to, you know, turn them over. If, yeah,
3: if- yeah, but 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 just just to check on that, I think Brady, you know, he's he's lost 68 games in his career or something like that. I, I can't remember. It's not that many considering how many he's won. Um, but I think you'll find he's congratulated the opposing quarterback in probably about 66 of them. There have been a couple of instances where, yeah, in the heat of the moment he's missed it. But uh, I, I think give he you a few
2: more to you want to talk about
3: <laughs> Certainly there's no quarterbacks that say, oh, he's a horrible little individual. It's just sad and bitter Giants fans that say that. Sorry.
2: 66. 66 was a great year for football. Canton, I was born. Yeah, I think there was a World Cup
3: or something then as well, apparently.
0: I don't know. I was born in the 90s, boys. Um, <laughs> I picked um, I picked the Saints last night to win. Um, sorry, you know what? I'll just go back on what you boys were saying there, talking about. Like, I think somebody mentioned the word Nick Foles there. Drew Brees retires with the same amount of rings as Nick Foles. Eli Manning has more rings. Than Drew Brees, we we'll just all take a second, just maybe we have to, to yet
2: yet be pushing for Brees to be in the Hall of Fame before you uh,
0: know. In sure. terms of Brees' stats, it, just, yeah. I, it it just seems it's almost like whenever Vincent Company went to Man City or David Silva went to Man City, you know, it was just wasted their careers at a plastic club. It's different for Brees because the Saints have always been a fantastic franchise. I just feel for him because I feel like he deserves so much more his, from his career. He is. An unbelievable quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I just feel bad he only has one ring and I I actually thought that he would go out with one more but what got me very early in the game last night boys, even though I had to watch half of it back because I fell asleep during it, um, was that the Saints, especially Drew Breeze, Breeze last night was just... it was like whenever you ask your da when you're like 10 years old here, do you want to go out and play football? And he kicks the ball a couple of times, and then he realizes I can't do any more here. That's what it was like, and um, it was extremely disappointing. And I feel today that really, because there's not a lot, there's not a box fans in Ireland, boys. I know we've got good friends over Box UK, so I can say this because it's all a bit of crack. I just don't think, like, I mean, really, last night, whoop they do, hi. Huh? I mean, they had James Winston and Taysom Hill there. Drew Brees last night threw three picks. 134 yards for one touchdown, disappointing. And, and I feel if I was him, you'd be thinking, should I have just retired last year? And, and genuinely, at that point and go and going on what Brian said there, you know, this is this is a huge season in in New Orleans because um, they're going to have to, uh, as you've talked about there, about the cap and stuff. They're going to have to find a quarterback. They haven't got a quarterback there. If they want Drew Lock, they can have him. as far as I'm concerned, and I just don't see, uh, I don't see how that's going to fix anytime soon. But that's the beauty of this league. You have good years, you have bad years. Kansas City had 15 to 20 bad years, and now they're back. And eventually they'll be gone again, a bit like Liverpool, who looked like they might be gone a bit quicker than everybody else, but we'll say no more in that. In that um, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where Deshaun Watson goes. Maybe we can talk about that in a second. But I, for one, am I'm, I'm very excited for the AFC Championship game. For me, I just don't see how Brady can get at Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. The first time since what? What since what? Two thousand and eight. Um, I mean, awesome I said who's right? going to win the Super Bowl, but yeah, I just don't see. I mean, I think the Packers will get now. I didn't think they would. Like I know, I thought they would, but I didn't really think. Oh, they're 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 they're, they're going to get the Tampa. I think it's 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 a non-subject now. Brady's not getting there against Packers. If Brady wins in Lambeau on Sunday, he's winning the Super Bowl. Do you know another
2: team? Sorry, Michael. Another thing is, if the Bucks win next weekend, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they'll be the first team to ever play the Super Bowl in their own stadium. The Vikings came close a few years ago, didn't turn up in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, it was early in the week I would be leaning towards the Packers. I certainly don't think we'll see a similar scenario to what we saw when the, when the Vikings had that opportunity a couple of years ago. Yeah, and and,
3: and Michael, one one other thing, I mean, like, you know, Brady was written off when they were going to Patrick Mahomes and Arrowhead a couple of years ago. He tends to come out with a surprising performance or stimulates his team and encourages his team to a surprising performance when you least expect it. One thing Brady has never done, and this is a testament, I suppose, to his years with the Pats being usually the first or second seed, he's never taken a team from fifth or sixth seedings and won three games in a row. To get to the Super Bowl in the first instance. In fact, it's been done to him by teams like the Giants and like the Eagles who have made it to the Super Bowl and upset him there. Um, but now he's gone on the road to Washington, ticked that one off the box, gone on the road to the Saints, ticked that one off the box. And going up to Lambeau, I agree, the Packers are deserved favorites. They actually, their performance on Saturday was comprehensive. They were a balanced team on offense, they have an extremely effective um, defense, and they have one of the greatest pure throwers of all time in Aaron Rodgers. And they, this year, I mean, his, his TDs to inception ratio is 10 to 1. But just never write off Brady in these circumstances. He will do what his team needs him to do, whether that's throwing deep 50 times in the game or dinking and dunking for two yards a game to give him the best chance to win. And he won't be scared of Lambeau. He won't be scared of Rodgers. And he'll, you know, look to do the business. We're not getting to our championship picks yet, guys. I just like, oh, but that was, I, was, I was gonna
0: say while we have content all week, apart from tomorrow, the one thing that we're actually not talking about as a group here now on the Monday is who's gonna get. And and I am I'll happily start because I think it's important to talk about it, boys. It's important to to get the opinions out early doors and make a fool of yourself like I did last night. Um I was two and two, or I was two and zero oh on, on Saturday night as well. Obviously Championship Sunday, I, I I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. For me, I think um, – I'll not say who's going to win the Super Bowl, but it'll be Green Bay against Buffalo. Colin, what do you think?
1: Didn't we do um, Super Bowl picks, like, way back? It'd be interesting oh, to, I can't to, remember, do, yeah, to think well, that out because I'm pretty sure I, w- I went Chiefs-Packers. Uh, Look, I I – I think um, an awful lot can happen in the NFL in uh, in almost a week, um, especially this season. And um, so I, I, I let's let's see. But if I'm if I'm Tampa, I'm looking at what we did in week six. And they like Aaron Rodgers had a game he will want to forget. I think one of the the only other time was when he had to face the Broncos in 2015, and we held him to 77 yards. Um, uh, outside of that, that Week Six game, um, two two picks, sacked five times. I mean, that's what that's what Tampa. This Tampa defense is, is serious business as well. That's where it's really interesting because these are four teams. Um, that can play offense and defence watch obviously while they're the four that are there. Um but it, it it's that type of defense is nasty too. So uh let's let's see. I I don't think anyone is um clear clear favourites. Yes, you would you would expect um the Packers and the Chiefs, but I don't think any you could say with certainty who's going to the Super Bowl.
2: No, I agree with Colin. I think the two games are very balanced, and you only have to look at, not, we're not into having betting conversations, but if you look at the line that's been put in front of us for the first game, it's reflective of how close even the bookies think it's going to be. It's three and a half point favourites to the Packers. A lot of people probably would expect that to be more similar to what it was on Saturday with a touchdown. And coming to the second game, yeah, it's all about Mahomes and the situation when he plays next weekend. If he plays next weekend, personally, I still don't think the Bills will be cheap. play. He's playing. Okay, well then, if, on, on the base he's playing, I can't see how the Bills will go in and beat the Chiefs. Because, I'm like a broken down record now, that Chiefs' defence does not get the respect it deserves, and they will do a job on Josh Allen.
3: Yeah, I mean, we go from a game last night where Methuselah beat Teresius, basically, in the Battle of the Old Men, and in the uh, NFC Championship game, we're going to have two more old men facing off. So we've got the age on the NFC, and the Fountain of Youth on the AFC, which is a nice reversal from what we used to have um, for many, many years. Um, I, you know, I actually when we did our Super Bowl picks, I know exactly who I picked. I picked at the time the Chiefs and the Packers to make the Super Bowl, and I said at the time it's going to be two number one picks. It's not two number one seeds. It's not exactly inventive, um, but rarely we get this. We actually have at the championship game, and it should always be like this, but it's not always the four best teams this year. The foremost balanced teams, the foremost potent teams on offense and defense. I don't think, honestly. I know, yes, Saints fans and Browns fans and others will disagree, but objectively speaking, I think truly we've ended up the right championship games. Of course, the Bills can do it. Of course, the Bills can knock over the Chiefs, especially if Mahomes doesn't play. But even if Mahomes does play, they've proved explosive this year and they proved that capability. Um, and equally, the Bucks, as I've already outlined. Um, I think they've got enough to go to Lambo and do it, but you know, you want us to make picks now, Michael? I think it's, yeah, geez. No, no, it's all good. I think
0: we're going to touch on it. Uh, I just wanted to make it publicly, just make it public knowledge. I've been very critical on Aaron Rodgers and, um, in the same way, I've been very critical on the Chiefs, so I'm just going to say it now and hope that it bites me in the other way around. Now, I think the Packers <laughs> will win the weekend. Who knows what will happen between now and Sunday? Um, Michael,
3: Michael, can I just check? Did you not say last night or Saturday that you thought the Saints were going to win by at least 14 points? Yeah, well. I thought I, I, I thought I they would find it. I'm Just wondering whether the Packers will be happy you picked them. That's that's what <laughs>
0: that's and that, that's what I'm hoping to happen. But I, I've I, that's what I was saying about my disappointment. I was really excited for that game all night. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get over this Browns cheese game. But yeah, I was a bit disappointed. I, I was very disappointed in Breeze. Like, I mean, it's not his fault, it, it is what it is, but I guess it is what it is. Um, really quickly, wise, let's let's end it tonight on this. Deshaun Sean Watson, it's really heating up now, and we didn't really have a chance to talk about it on the show. We obviously talked about it last I week. Know, I know we talked about it last Monday night, but um, you know, obviously, now a lot of talk coming out of Houston, a lot of talk coming out of the NFL in general about the, f- the future of Deshaun Sean Watson. Uh, Colin, we're going to start with you. Has your opinion changed? I can't remember. I can't remember because there was a few boys here last week that said he's not going anywhere. Um, has your opinion changed, Colin, in
1: regards to the Sean Watson, or what do you think might happen now? Um no, I I think he uh, I, I think what I what I said last week, I think they should let him, I think they should let him go. Get the hole, right? Because I said um Barcelona hung on to Messi and that just hasn't worked Mm -hmm. um if if he is deeply deeply unhappy um he wants out he has made that abundantly clear and um the stories coming out of the Texans just get more and more ridiculous when you hear them um so the, the, the I suppose the interesting thing is what or what kind of packaged um take does it take to to get him um because um Bill O'Brien is not there anymore so you imagine they're going to actually look to get something decent um my, Miami obviously it's a, is what the stories are that that's his preferred destination because he likes the setup with uh, Flores he likes the fact that there are no state income taxes who wouldn't um but but the depending like the the Jets actually have what looks like a very competent head coach in place now. Can their front office step up? Um, could they put something together? Because with the hole that the Jets have, the Jets have two picks um, in the first round this year and next year. So the Jets could could make something happen um, potentially. Uh, I think everyone is going to want to pick up the phone um and and at least inquire i I, would the saints love it yeah but i don't think the saints can put a package together in order to to get him um he i think he leaves but i think this will be uh a really interesting offseason right because stories today that um all is not well in the rams camp um never made sense the contract that they gave to to jared goff um Obviously, um, with 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 the Broncos, uh, Woody Page says that Drew Locke is coming back. But then there are stories that Elway and Fangio thought Elway was no longer the GM. But Elway and Fangio are pushing for uh, 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 an experienced uh, QB to come in to push Drew Lock. Um, there's going to be all sorts. What the what do the Jets do? Um, do they you know do they make the play? Do they stick with Darnell? Do they look to pick? Um, there's it, it's like this. This is a, a really interesting off off season, and if Watson goes, which I think he he will, wow! Just um, this this would whoever he goes to instantly. I think um, you know, well, uh, the Jets don't become a contender, but Miami certainly become a contender. He he, uh, he probably makes twenty of the thirty two teams contenders.
2: Yeah, I do think he's going to go, and I think as the week has progressed, it's starting to look a lot more likely than it was even last week when we discussed it. But last week when we had the discussion, to me it was more about, not so much about Watson, it was more about the Texans going forward. No first-round pick, no second-round pick. They're missing picks next year. Their cap is in a bad place. They have to do this deal. They really do. And whoever they do the deal with, whether it's the Jets, they should be asking for that quarterback in return. If it's the Dolphins, they should be saying, we want it. If it's the Jets, we want Sam Darnold. And if they don't go down that route, hear me out, if they don't go down that route, and they take the second pick off the Jets, or the top pick off them, they're still going to have an immediate opportunity to get a quarterback. Because Fields looks like, once he's not a Lawrence, he looks very much like he can be a very good quarterback in the NFL. And then if it's the Broncos, for example, you, you package it up with Drew Locke. There's so many opportunities there. So, it's not so much about Sean Watson for me wanting to get out of there. It's about the Texans, if they want to rebuild and have a proper opportunity to challenge in the division in the next two to three years, they have to do the deal.
3: It, it feels almost um, kind of... If somebody's listening again and say, well, why are they talking about the Sean Watson again? They talked about him last week. It is so rare for a quarterback of this talent at this uh, uh, young age at a reasonable enough co- co- contract when you consider the ongoing inflation um, to become available or to be potentially available or to potentially be able to trade for him. I then genuinely, I think the closest comparison I can think of, and I'm not comparing Kirk Cousins in this because he's far superior to this, is probably something like Peyton Manning, who was towards the end of the season, the free agency, you know, FUFA, that obviously preceded Um, his eventual selection of the Denver Broncos. Um, But Watson is younger. He's fitter. He's faster. He has shown his capabilities and abilities in games. Yes, like we've been criticizing Josh Allen and um, Lamar Jackson for, for he hasn't yet won a playoff game. But, well, he needs a team around him that can help him get into that playoffs. And unfortunately, Bill O'Brien and the brain trust there in Houston Texans did not do things to help him there certainly the tonsil trade looks appalling In, in retrospect the deandre hopkins trade will go down in the history of worst trades ever i was the one that said he isn't being traded they don't let an asset like that walk out the door i still maintain that with a caveat the caveat is this nick casario who's just walked in there knows about getting rid of assets from Bill Belichick and his time in the Patriots, he also knows about picking up distressed assets. And the one thing he won't want to do is a, the, to make Deshaun appear like a distressed asset that they're dying to offload and get shortchanged on the compensation. So I expect to see a big media push over the next while from the Texans going very quiet, not responding, not engaging Deshaun's, you know, speculation and his Twitter account and his stirring the pot, if you like and trying to settle it all down and say, no, 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 he's our quarterback, he's our quarterback, he's our quarterback. Give it a couple of months, might a deal be done? Yeah, if it's possible. But he needs to make everyone believe that they're going to hold on to him or that there's big competition for him to get the best possible haul. But he, they can still hold him to it all. They can still hold him to it all. And that's where my money still sits. He's still the Texans quarterback on the 1st of September 2021.
2: And um, guys, now I just want to say, we've discussed teams who have a, an abundance of picks, first round picks this year, next year. You know what the NFL is like. There will be a GM that will sell his mother and his granny and all to get them, to get And you'll find some team that will just give up madness in terms of picks this year, picks next year. Teams who have been in the playoffs this year. There must be something wrong with my screen. It keeps flashing. <laughs> there will be a general manager who will go gung ho look at his team and say, we've got an opportunity to move up to the next level and go to the Super Bowl. The Saints, for example, they need a quarterback. You've got the Bears who made the playoffs. The Bears are a reasonably good team. They might think he could move them on to another level and challenge the Packers. There will be some general manager that will go absolutely nuts and put absolute madness on the table.
3: Where well, is Mike Ditka when you need him? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think for me, like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Sorry, Marty, what have you... Is that your point made? Sorry, apologies. apologise, I didn't say it. Um, a couple of comments here. Thank you, Chris. Um, I'm jealous that your team's in the, the game this weekend. Join us this weekend for a big preview as well. Hopefully get somebody from the Packers on. Spoiler alert, let's see what happens. Going back on the Deshaun Watson talk, um, I think the Broncos have got a good chance of getting him. Obviously having that new GM in that wants to make his mark because he's only got 12 months column until he's kicked out, potentially, with a new owner. <laughs> So uh, why not? He's literally got nothing to lose. Uh, I don't know, two firsts, two seconds, a fourth for a fifth, on a player, and a quarter. True Lock. I, I, I mean, well, if you're in Texans, do you want True Lock? There's no way True Lock.
2: There's no way he's going to be hanging around if Watson's coming in.
3: No, no. Of well, course, but he might. He well, might go somewhere else. He might be like traded somewhere one else. Because I'm. I don't think he's going to be traded. But if he is traded. Casario will do the same thing Belichick did with Garoppolo. He won't want him in the same conference yeah. and potentially make him look stupid. So look at I've the comment
0: there. Sorry, Mark. I just seen a comment there. The Broncos don't have a supporting cast. They've got Malvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, Albert Oko Um and the top 10 draft pick. I mean, you've got a supporting cast in terms of offense. Sorry, Mark, I, just, I was triggered there. No, no I, yeah. I, 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 I,
3: don't I was just saying, look look to get him out of the uh, AFC. They won't want to be reminded of their mistake if they did trade him and everything. And in fact, this is the youth movement on the AFC. We're talking about the young quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence is coming into the AFC next year. Sam Donald still isn't too old. The Sean Watson probably wants to get out of the AFC because the NFC might be where the... Uh, the, the opportunities are in the next while as well so if you in the screens you put up there the 49ers could be the the the, the random one on that Casero and the 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 patriots there are a few still around and the texans wouldn't mind being reunited with jimmy caroppolo so that could be a an interesting selection shall we say imagine the rpo under the carl shanahan offense interesting think for Miners fans
2: and uh, Michael, I don't want to get into off-season reviews because I'm sure at some stage we'll come to discussing each team individually. But you have put up a very good argument as to why the Broncos' offense should be really good. You know, some of the players that you've called out are really, they really are good players in their own right. So that, to me, then ultimately comes back to true Lock isn't good enough. Yeah.
0: Okay. So our <laughs> last topic tonight is um, our last topic.
2: <laughs> I think we could have a fair conversation. On it. I think it's about would probably.
0: I I think it's a fair fair point. It's a fair argument to make. Um, Let's let's see what happens over the next few months. Last topic uh, that I want to make, lads, is this uh, tonight. A lot of talk that Sean McVeigh and Jared Goff, uh, their relationship has soured a little over the last few weeks and over the season. Uh, Colin, do you think the Rams might move on from golf, or do do you think this is a, a marriage that will be fixed after a little bit of counseling?
1: Um, they, the problem f- for them is the the contract that that he has, um, and he, unlike Deshaun Watson, is not going to be in in demand. Um, Goff's contract never made sense. Um, I mean, he he was. He look, he he's he's an average to good um quarterback. Um and that's the but he, he's not he's not a great quarterback. Um I think they have done really well to when they got the, the Super Bowl, it always felt like it wasn't Goff putting the the team on his back. It, it doesn't feel like there have been many games where it has been Goff putting the the team on his back. Um, clearly, things aren't right uh, when you hear McVeigh, who is usually um, you know pretty chipper about his players, um, and you know he's he says uh, he's asked Will he be the the QB? And he says, it's QB for now. That's that's pretty telling comment uh, in, in this media age. Um, the Rams also, of course, have, have lost their um, defensive coordinator who's gone to, to the Chargers, which is an interesting move in, in and of itself. Um, McVeigh, usually one who, who identifies talent. I mean, he he brought him in to to replace Wade um, and he did a, a, a very good job there. I... I think it'll be much more difficult for them to move on from, from Goff. Um, but what they may look to do is uh, bring in some um, competition um, for, for Goff because um, they, with the players they have and, and especially that defense, um, they, they are, they're a serious team. Um, they just need um, good quarter, quarterback play. I, I think Peyton Manning, messed, and, and, and Peyton and the Broncos winning the Super Bowl in 2015 messed with a lot of teams' heads. We've talked about that before. This is a copycat league. Um, teams thought that they just could put anyone at QB and if your defense was good enough um, you'd win. But the league has changed um, and this year showed it again. Um, fewer Pen- penalties um especially against um offensive line guys points have gone up again you have to um score points you still have to be able to um you know to to stop teams but you have to score points and the the rams have a, um issues there they they've got a much it's, it's he, it's it's not as, as big a problem as losing a, a superstar QB, um, but when you have a QB who you've given a superstar contract to, yeah, they're they're lumbered with it. So then you've got Carson, you've got the Carson Wentz con, uh, contract with you know that all of that is going on in the background. Think about like how big a, a deal that was just a few weeks ago, and now there are more big stories. That's that's this league. There's always something happening.
2: Yeah, the, the league in which was there when, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl certainly has moved on. You know, it's a young man's game, and it's a young man's quarterback game. You know, the quarterbacks today, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes next week, both can run with the ball. We've seen what Lamar Jackson can do. For me, with the Rams, I see a scenario similar to what Baltimore did a couple of years ago. They were, they were drafting late. They took a flyer on Lamar Jackson. I think they'll, fly and they'll take a flyer on a quarterback. Leave him there in the background, potentially as a year to get up to speed with the offence, get up to speed with how McFay wants things done. And gradually, as the season goes along, if the Rams are potentially out of the playoffs, you'll see a circumstance. Or not necessarily out of the playoffs. I mean, the Ravens went to the playoffs with Lamar Jackson in this first year. But I could see a scenario where the quarterback would be moved in during the season, and he would obviously then be the future of the team. That's that's how I see it going, because as Columns alluded to, there is no other way they can go. They're not going to axe them. They're not going to, unless they see, get trade and... Then you've got the nice of Deshaun Watson out there. Who's going to be offering up the goods for, for, Goff? Not not many teams. So, I think that's that's the circumstance that I see unfolding as the months go on.
3: Um, I just want to say this is how social media can create a blitz because I think this all started with a an infamous picture of Jared Goff just waiting outside the uh, the Rams complex. Um. And he was standing there, just with his thumb out like that, and people thought he was hitching a lift, but he was just trying to recover from his injury. Um, so, but um, there's more serious <laughs> point I want to make though is um, when, in the last three years, have the Rams actually given a good contract on the second contract out? They gave a they gave a you know a crazy contract to Gurley, which we looked at at the time and said, well, that doesn't really make sense, and they had to redo and ultimately cut him. He's now with the Falcons. They gave a crazy contract to Brandon Cooks at the time for 80 million. he's now a Texan, you know? And they've given a crazy contract to Jared Goff, which now in retrospect doesn't look like such a good idea at the same either at the same time. They don't structure their contracts very well. They don't manage their cap very well there. So, in fairness, I'd be looking very heavily at the front office on this because they have hamstrung their capabilities and they've hamstrung their team um, in relation to that as well. So, you know, we, Coaches need to review their performance each season. Players need to review their performance each season. GMs and front officers need to do that as well. And seriously, Los Angeles Rams, you've been losing at this for a few years now. So buck up. I
0: think, you know, when Mark says buck up, you better buck up or else there'll be consequences. Um, yeah, obviously, um, Sean McVeigh stopping short of guaranteeing his place in the team next year. I think that's nuts. That is that, that that is actually not really being talked about because of the current situation as much as it maybe should be. I think if we were outside of the season, that would be huge news. Look, <laughs> Sean McVay is four years older than me, and that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that, just for your thoughts tonight. Yeah. Uh, I think golf will be there. I think golf will be starting week one. I think it's a non-issue, to be honest. But yeah. Uh, he,
1: he will start week one, but uh, to Brian, I think Brian might have a point. Will he start week uh 15, 16? That that's the, the they can't move they can't move on, I don't I don't think, but they have to, to do something. And um I'm already looking forward though to um to our next show and more dad jokes and dad pep talks from Mark.
0: Absolutely. And <laughs> our next <but> we <laughs> just before we go, we've got Championship Sunday on Sunday morning. Um, the big preview before the two big championship games and then we've got content uh, all week now apart from tomorrow we've got shows on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday we have got a couple of famous faces both in Ireland and the UK so looking forward to looking forward to uh, recording the content this week boys with views and looking forward to you all enjoying it as well folks and I want to thank everybody for watching Uh, looking forward to chatting these all again live on well not We'll save us live on Championship Sunday morning, boys. Hope you all have a good night. Yeah, all good.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: Excellent. And I will leave you before I go, just to remind you about the podcast, which is now well, it'll be available in about twenty-four minutes. Well, depending on Brian's Wi-Fi, it'll be available before <laughs> halftime. On Sunday. But search the Irish NFL Show on uh, on all your good podcast forms. You can check us out on the Pundit Arena Facebook page as well, and you can also check us out on Twitter as well and on Instagram, search Irish NFL Show. Uh, For that boys, I'm
2: going to leave us tonight with the man of the hour, Drew Brees.